0: thank you Jesus I want you to say this morning if I have breath in my lungs these bones will sing say it again if I have breath in my lungs these bones will sing Barbie has no idea what I'm going to preach about this morning. God is so perfect. Today we're going to talk about the breath of God. And as as I was... Well, good morning, everybody. I just want to jump into the word. As I was preparing the word for this morning... I found myself fighting. I was like, "No, that's not what I'm going to preach about." <laughs> and got "Yes," and I'm no," and God, "Yes. <laughs> and got used Pastor David, to confirm it. And I knew I was going to preach about Ezekiel 37, which is the valley of the dry bones. But a long time ago, I had preached on that. So when I heard Ezekiel 37 from the Lord, I went to look for my preaching. And I always keep my preachings in a safe place. But for some reason, I couldn't find this one. I didn't find it. I couldn't find it. I looked everywhere. I was like, Jose, I don't know where it is. I can't find it. And God told me, because it's not that preaching. You're preaching about Ezekiel 37, but it's a different preaching. So as I'm preparing for the word, and I'm reading Ezekiel 37, God gave me a new, fresh revelation. And I want to be very clear on something. Even though, because the word of God is alive, Even though I know this word is going to speak to you individually, I am bringing a prophetic word for the church. I'm bringing a prophetic word for the body of Christ. So if you're watching online and you're not part of 3W, this is also for you. Because I'm preaching to the body. I'm preaching to the church in general. So I want you to go to Ezekiel 37 and keep it there because we're going to be reading it little by little. I think we may all have heard about this passage, the valley of the dry bones. God takes Ezekiel and gives him a vision of a valley full of dry bones. And we're going to look into that in more detail. And I want to begin reading verses 1 and 2. And it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down. Say, set me down in the middle of the valley. Say, in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. Say that part two. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. The name of this message is come Alive. And the first thing that strikes me about this passage is that in other passages where God gives a vision to a prophet, he put him in a mountain or from afar and asked him to look at something. But this is not Ezekiel's case. God takes Ezekiel in the spirit and puts him right in the middle of a valley full of dry bones I don't know about you but I get chills we could say that's creepy (laughs) imagine yourself standing in the middle of a valley full of dry bones but not only that he makes him walk among them he makes him see them from close And see the details of these bones. And as he's walking among them. He realized that these people had not died one month ago. Or two months ago. Or even one year ago. They had died a long time ago. Because these bones were not dry. Very dry. Very dry. With no possibility of life whatsoever. But let me talk a little bit about what a valley represents. We've all heard Psalms 23, the valley of the shadow of death. Psalms 88, the valley of tears. So even the Bible gives us references of what a valley can represent for us. And it's a low point in life. So I don't know if right now you're thinking, (laughs) that's me. I'm in a low point in my life. I'm in a depression. I'm sad. I have no passion. I have no motivation. I'm in a valley full of dry bones. But again, I'm going to speak to the church in general. Also to you, but to the church in general. So let's go to verse 3. And it says, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. It seems odd that the almighty God, the all-powerful God, the one who creates life and takes it away is asking a man Do you think these bones can live? But I love Ezekiel's response. It was so on point. He said, oh, Lord God, you know. Oh, Lord God, only you know that answer. He didn't try to look good in front of God. He didn't try to make up an answer. He didn't try to do, well, theory one, this could happen. Theory two, this could happen. No, 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 no. He made sure to say, you know. The problem with the church is that it's making up the answers instead of looking and reading what the word says. They are making up the answers to look good in front of people because they don't want to offend anybody, because they don't want to feel uh, anybody feel bad, they don't want to make anyone feel bad instead of responding what the word says. The other day I was seeing an interview. And I found it so sad. They were interviewing this artist, and I'm not going to call her Christian artist because she herself said, I don't want anyone calling me a Christian artist. I'm not a Christian artist. I'm just an artist. Okay. But she sings Christian songs. Beautiful songs, by the way. I love them. And they asked her, is homosexuality a sin? You know what her response was? I'm not God, so I don't know the answer to that question. I can't respond to that. And it's true, we're not God. We cannot decide if something is a sin or not, but we have a book, we have a Bible. That already says what is sin and what is not. What pleases God and what it doesn't. So if someone asks you if something is a sin, the only thing you need to do is open the Bible and read what it says. You don't have to make up an answer. You don't have to try to look good in front of anybody. What does the word say? And that's why there are so many people out there confused because the body of Christ is divided the same way as these bones. One bone here, the other bone there, completely disconnected, completely detached, and there's no unity. If we would humble ourselves and submit to the word of God to the authority of the word of God we would give better answers to the world verse 4 then he said to me prophesy over these bones and say to them If I liked Ezekiel's response, I love God's even more. Obviously, he's God. Did you see that God didn't ask Ezekiel, come sit down. Let me explain it to you. Let me give you the answer. At this point, you should know that I am all powerful. At this point, you should know that, yes, these bones can live. That's not what God says. What did God tell Ezekiel? He gave him an order. What was the order? Prophesy. In another version, it says, speak out. Speak out. Declare. Declare to that situation that looks dead. Now declare what? Well, let's see it again. Dry bones hear the word of God. Again, it's about the word of God. It's not what Ezekiel wanted to say, it's not what Ezekiel thought he could say. It was about the word of God. Not what I want, not what I believe what the word of God says and then God tells Ezekiel you're gonna prophesy and I will cause breath to enter you I will lay sinews upon you I will cause flesh to come upon you I will cover your you with skin I will put breath in you and you will know that I am the Lord so church, your job is not to do. Your job is to prophesy. Your job is to declare it. To, to, your job is to stand in front of that situation that looks dead, that seems with no possibility of life, and declare what the word of God says, and God will do it. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Church, I think we need to pray that God gives us that willingness to obey like Ezekiel had. Let me tell you, it took a lot of courage for him to do that. And I'm going to tell you two ways that I see it. One way could have been. Ezekiel is standing right there, God tells him to prophesy, and he might think, what if nothing happens? But then I'm challenging you with a different question. But what if it does? Or do you think that God is going to call you to do something and then back you up? But let me tell you the other way I see it. I was putting myself in Ezekiel's shoes. And I was trying to imagine myself there in, in, in the middle of all these bones. And God tells me, prophesy. And I know that these bones are coming, are coming back to life. But that's exactly my fear. What's gonna happen when they do? I have no idea what's going to happen when all these bones come together with one another. and They start standing up. I have no idea what's going to take place. Isn't that scary? Fear of the unknown. The problem is that many people are not declaring, are not prophesying, are not doing what God has called them to do because they have fear of what's going to happen once they do. Verse 7 and 8. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. Say, there was a sound. And the bones came together. Oh, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Impressive. The bones started coming together. The body started to stand up wow but it says that there was no spirit in them no breath in them so in other words Ezekiel is standing right in front of a bunch of robots zombies I don't know how you want to see it Colin, but there was a bunch of people there but they were not, not, not serving any purpose Sound, noise, but no life. Can I be honest? There are many churches making a lot of noise, but nothing is happening. Many ministries doing a bunch of events just to attract people or making events because that pastor over there did it, so I want to do it too. But nothing is happening. Because they are missing the breath of God. People working in a bunch of ministries doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this but there's no breath and nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Now, I don't know if you notice, so I want to go back to verse 5 and 6 because I want you to notice something. In verses 5 and 6, it says, Thus says the Lord to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you will live, and you shall know that I am the Lord please tell me you noticed what happened please tell me you saw it what do you see in that verse please tell me you saw it didn't you realize that he mentioned the breath twice he mentioned the breath two times the beginning of the verse and at the end of the verse why the bible says that when we come to jesus the spirit of the Lord comes to live in us, right? The Holy Spirit comes to live, live in us. And he seals us. So by the way, if you didn't know, you're enlisted in the army already. He seals us. We come to be children of God. Free from death. Free from sin. We have eternal life. Awesome, beautiful, that's the best gift we have. But the problem is that many people settle with knowing they're going to heaven, and that's it. But did you know that the Bible also says that when we have the fullness of the Spirit, we are empowered to do something empowered we need the breath of god when you really have the breath of god in you and you are empowered by the holy spirit you're going to start walking in the supernatural and you're going to start seeing things that you had never seen before and the people will see what's taking place in your life and then you will no, not believe, not think. You will know that he is God. We need the breath of God. Yes, to have life. But also to be empowered. And if we are empowered, is to do something, fulfill our calling. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. It says that when God created man, he breathed life into his nostrils. But then it says that he planted the Garden of Eden and put Adam there. I'm going to say it again because apparently you didn't get it. God breathed life in him and then put him in the Garden of Eden. He was commissioned to do something. When Jesus rise from the dead and he presented himself to the disciples again in John 20, it says that he came to the disciples. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he gave them the great commission. So the breath of God. It doesn't only have a creative element, but also an enabling element. It's for you to be empowered to actually do something. The church is quiet today. Now let's go back to verse 7 and let's read from 7 to 9. I'm going to read the last part of 7 and go to 9. 7, 8, and 9 and the bones came together bone to its bone and i looked and behold there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them but there was no breath in them let me stop right there so between ezekiel prophesying and the breath of god actually coming something had to take place the parts had to come together. If we want to see revival. If we want to walk in the supernatural. If we want to see people coming to Christ and be transformed. The parts must come Together, The key is the unity of the body of Christ. Now, now, let me make something clear. When I'm talking about unity, I'm not saying that we get along and we hold each other's hands and sing kumbaya. That's not what I'm talking about. When I talk about unity, I'm referring that they may all speak the same language. When that happens, we start seeing the supernatural, we start seeing the miracles, we start seeing people transformed. If there's something that really bothers me is working in a place where the supervisors don't speak the same language. And one asks for something and the other one asks for something else. I had a situation where I had to tell one of my supervisors with all due respect, can you please agree on something? <laughs> because I have this supervisor telling me this, and I want to please him. I want to do what he says, but then you come and tell me something else, or what do I do? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was real. And she was like, uh, 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 no, it's not about pleasing. And I'm like, but that's how I feel. You know, that's exactly what's happening. One church is saying something. The other church is saying something. This Christian is saying this. This Christian is saying that. If we come together, we could be a great army. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived and stood on their feet. They didn't stay on the ground an exceedingly great army i don't know about you but when i read the word exceedingly we're not talking about something uh, it's something impressive it's something big it's something powerful and did you notice that it says each bone to its bone so when these people Stood up, it wasn't like one had a long arm, the other one had a short arm because the bones were all mixed up. No, 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 it was a perfect army, exceedingly great army. Now, as far as I know, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but an army has a purpose protect and fight if not then why do we have an army protect and fight the problem is that the church doesn't want to protect the truth and doesn't want to fight against the lies of the enemy those of you who know me know that I like to watch Disney movies I have kids, but I think that even if I didn't have kids, I would still watch them. (laughs) You're the same. Don't tell me. Okay. That's why I know. Listen, I know you. We're from the same, you know. And those who know me even more know that from 100 Disney movies, 80 of them, I have a preaching about it. For some reason, God speaks to me through these movies. So that's why. <laughs> I'm watching the movie and everyone's laughing. And I'm like, why are you crying? God is talking to me. Yes, that's me. And one day, I was watching the movie Mulan with my daughter. Not the new one, the old one, the original, the cartoon one. And there's this scene that really spoke to my heart. For those of you who haven't watched the movie, there's a situation in China, they need to go to war, and they recruit one male from each family, and they need to be trained to go to war. At first, they are a disaster. A disaster. But then they get uh, inspired by one of them, they are trained, they finish their training, they hear the news It was false news, by the way, but whatever. They hear the news that they have to go to war. And the emperor's advisor tells the captain, they're not ready. They can't go to war. They're going to kill them. And the captain says, they finished their training. The problem is that the enemy has been telling the church for so long, you're not ready, you can't go to war, you can't fight, you're going to die in the process. But there is a captain here that's telling you, if you're watching online, there's a captain telling you, you finish your training. Whatever you need, you already have it. Whatever tool you need is already here. The Bible says that you have the armor of the spirit. And did you notice... That when you read the armor there are some parts that you wear all the time to protect yourself but there are pieces that say and take the sword and take the shield those are to fight you don't take those unless you are going to fight The Bible says in Matthew 11:12, 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Now, there are two big theories about this Bible verse. This, by the way, Jesus was the one who said this. One of the theories is that these violent people that Jesus is talking about were the people who were so eager to hear the preaching of John the Baptist, so eager to get baptized, so eager to have more that they would do whatever it took to actually get it. That's one of them. The other theory is that this violence that this verse is talking about is about an attack that's being Uh, uh, an attack uh, against the truth and the kingdom of God now either way you want to see it it requires from you to do something either you become these violent people that do whatever it takes to receive the kingdom of heaven and all the benefits from it or either you prepare to fight and defend the kingdom of God But it doesn't say that we're going to do it in a very passive way. Judas 1.3 says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. We are called to contend for the faith. The problem is that the world is saying whatever they want to say, because now everyone has rights, because this is my right, this is my right, this is my right, and when is the church going to say, this is my right? I think we've been silent for too long. And we... Mix up, confuse love with just letting things happen. And I don't know about you, but I have kids, and I love my kids. But if they do something wrong, I don't tell them, okay, it's okay. Just do whatever you like, whatever makes you feel good. I tell them it's wrong, and I love them. And if it's the first time I'm telling them, I might say in a very nice tone, you know, this is wrong, don't do it again. But if it's the second or third time I'm telling them, my tone is not going to be very nice. That's how I was raised, and I believe in it. Old school. (laughs) Don't get me started, Javi, don't get me started. A lot of problems nowadays is because of the way people are raising kids, but whatever. (laughs) By the way, you're not your kid's friend. You're their parent. And I know Pastor David has said that before. So when they do something wrong, I tell them it's wrong. And if it's more than once, I tell them, and they're going to get grounded. you are grounded. We, want, we need to live in, in peace with everybody. Yes, that's true. But if that requires compromising your convictions, no can do. Or wasn't it Jesus the one who said, if you're not willing to leave mother, father, son, granddaughter, I remember the family members he mentioned, you're not worthy of me. Is he saying that you need to treat bad your family? No. But it's, if your family are the ones that are trying to, to make you deviate from the truth, then, sorry. I can't compromise this. I can't. The Valley of Dry Bones was completely turned into a place full of life. Where there was an exceedingly great army if the church would wake up if the church would come alive and would walk in unity as one body the world is going to see that he is Lord Jesus said it, that they may be one as you and I are one, and the world can see that. And let me tell you something. Some of you might be saying, and those watching online might be saying, Oh, but I didn't know I was part of an army. Yes, you are. As soon as you gave your life to Jesus you enlisted I know one told me anything I didn't sign any papers (laughs) no one told me that well I'm telling you today and you're called to protect and fight but I want to take one minute To talk to those who didn't know they were enlisted. Who enlisted voluntarily. I know what I'm doing. Let me write. Where do I sign? I want to find. And they come with everything. Ah! But as you've been fighting and fighting and contending for the faith. As you're seeing what's taking place around you. You have been discouraged and you're tired and you have said well you know what I'm done I'm not gonna fight anymore in Spanish we say you know way a I en contra de la corriente I'm not gonna swim against the current right but did you notice that God told Ezekiel to prophesy not once but twice the first time was for the bones to come together but then he had to prophesy again for the breath of God to come so I don't know what is that dead situation that you already prophesied to but you didn't see anything again declare the Word of God again I don't know if it takes two times if it takes three if it takes four I don't know but keep doing it until you see something until the breath of God comes until the life comes until the power comes church it's time to come alive it's time to wake up we've been silent for too long but you know what it's not too late you didn't hear me it's not too late let me see if this side is better it's not too late I still believe that the church can come in unity and start preaching what the word says I believe that the church of Christ can start preaching about sin and repentance again about the second coming of Christ things that churches don't preach anymore I believe I believe in this army and I want you to believe with me But it's not enough that I prophesy. It's not enough that Isabella and I prophesy. We all need to stand up in front of it and start declaring life. We have to come together. So if you believe with me, I want you to stand up to your feet. oh but alexa you don't understand my life is dead as it is how can i fight for somebody else then start declaring life over your life start prophesying to that situation that you have right in front of you but make sure you're declaring the word of god and not what you want to declare I asked the worship team to sing a specific song today. And we're going to sing it for a few moments while you pray and while you start declaring life over your life and life over the situation. I want us to sing together. The bones will come alive That the breath of God
1: challenge this morning. God, I too stand with her in your word and I will stand up, oh God, against all unrighteousness. Father, and I will stand firm in your truth, in your word and I will come alongside Alexa Father, I will come alongside from my brothers and sisters too who will stand up, oh God. Who will come and fill in gap. God, we will stand, oh God, for the truth of your word. God, we will stand up, Lord God, for what you have called us. God, to take up that sword, that word, and we will come And we will claim those things that were dead back to life again in Jesus' name. God, we will claim those things that were lost to come and they are not found in Jesus' name. God, we will come. We will come. We will come in Jesus' name and bring forth back life. As your word teaches that your word comes and brings forth life and life in abundance today. church I don't know who here this morning feels that they perhaps are dead just like those bones and we are here to tell you that no more are you dead because the breath of God is here to bring forth life again to those things that were once dead in you want to give you the opportunity if you want that breath of life and make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life and church if you will repeat with me say God I know I am a sinner and on my own I cannot get to you but I believe that you sent Jesus your only son To this earth, to live a perfect life, to go on to that cross, shed his blood, go to the grave, and raise on the third day. And now he reigns at your right hand. So I asked you, Jesus, to come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior, and today I am yours. And you are mine. And I have that breath of life in me. In Jesus' name. Amen
2: and amen.